0: Everyone, welcome to Coach's Corner. I have another one of my dear friends who's just a badass human joining me today. I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. We talk about a lot of things, especially really learning how to trust your intuition using your inner discernment so that you're not doing things that are out of alignment, staying in unhealthy relationships or toxic situations that aren't good for you. And so that you can really stop looking outside of yourself for answers. We also talk about the mystery and the magic of animals animals that we come in contact with in our 3d world also animals that come to us in our dreams animals that have a certain power animals that are special to us i think you're really going to just love this conversation and if you're one of those people that if a interesting animal crosses your path at an interesting time and you google what's the meaning of this animal i always google animal messenger and then then you're gonna love hearing Allison talk about animal power, but there's there's so much more that we discuss in this episode as well. Before I tell you more about Allison, just wanna remind all of you that Elementum Coaching Institute is open for enrollment. This is the best coaching certification program on the planet. I truly believe I co-created it with my husband and our dear friends and colleagues, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. There's nowhere else you're gonna get this kind of training and this kind of mentorship and supervision and confidence as a coach. And, you know, a lot of people are even enrolling that don't necessarily know if they want to be a coach, but can see how it's going to help them in other aspects of their career, or they just really want the personal development aspect of it. You know, they're already in personal development. They already kind of just coach people in their life naturally. They don't necessarily want to make a profession out of it, but they see the value. So that might be you as well. We encourage you to go to elementumcoachinginstitute.com, maybe set up a call with Jill our early bird discount, which is a $2,500 discount, pretty significant discount, expires December 31st. The program begins mid-March and it ends in December. It's a nine-month program. A lot of people have been asking as well if I'm going to be teaching. Hell yes. I love this program so much. One of the big reasons that we're not doing another live Be The Queen or Inner Child is because I want to really be able to devote my energy, well, first and foremost, to my new baby that's coming in March but also to this program. And so it really is gonna be my my one live work thing that I'm doing now. Given that my baby girl is due in March, I may not be on the first call or the second call, but it is a nine month program and we each teach different things. So for those of you wondering, are we gonna get you? Are you gonna be there? Yes, 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 absolutely yes. I will be there with the exception of maybe March <laughs> when, when my baby's coming into the world. So let me tell you a little bit more about Allison. Allison Charles is a shaman and spiritual teacher who's devoted to living by the calls of inner wisdom, mysticism, energy medicine, and shamanic practices. She has mastered through her studies with spiritual teachers, both of and beyond this world. She leads global courses, events, and talks to reconnect people to their fullest power and confidence through sacred practices and rituals. Allison's Power Animal Shamanic Journey was named a top meditation to try by O, oh, The Oprah Magazine, and she's collaborated with a range of media outlets and brands as well. You can pre-order her beautiful new book, and honestly, it is beautiful. I'm keeping it out of my coffee table because I got an early copy, at allisoncharles.com animalpower and that link is in the show notes. Before we dive in, want to make sure all of you are getting your health in this holiday season. Maybe you're traveling, maybe you're having a little more sweets and desserts at parties. Maybe this is just a cozy time of year where you're craving more, you know, cozy carby kind of foods. Balance it out with your Organifi products. Remember, as my listener, you get 20% off all your Organifi orders. Go to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it. Use promo code over it in the order form and get 20% off your order. I think Organifi makes great gifts as well. You can get maybe somebody the gold or the chocolate gold or the green juice. They they can get a tub or you can have different individual packs or the red juice or the immunity packs. I mean, there's so many options. And if you wanna give someone the gift of health that's easy, maybe make them a little Organifi gift basket. That'd be a great idea, in my opinion. Something I would love. Again, go to organifi.com slash over it for 20% off. And now, on to my conversation with my friend, Allison Charles. Allison, welcome to the show. I'm
1: so happy to have another one of my dear friends on the show. Thank you for joining me. Of course. No, it's my honor. And I was reflecting before we uh, started this conversation and just how grateful I am to know you and to have your support. So thanks for having me.
0: And I was just thinking back to how I first met you is we were in an Instagram group together with with other Uh women that do similar things. And we knew each other over Instagram. And then I was at my first Joe Dispenza retreat in 2020. And Steph and I were hanging out with Luke and then we, he was asking us about our love story, and I was like, "So are you are you dating anyone?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm dating some amazing woman. Her name's Allison Charles." And I'm like, "I know her. She's in my Instagram <laughs> group. This is that's so cool. She is amazing."
1: I was just thinking, that's so funny. I'm glad you're connecting these dots because I forgot about those yeah. those first pieces.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I like I knew you before I knew you, and then I I obviously met you. I think the first time with Luke. And then you guys moved to Austin, which made me so happy. You're another amazing addition to the Austin community and just love having you and Luke here. You're both just powerhouses and dear friends and just amazing, open-hearted people up to really cool things in the world. So thank you for being here, but thank you even more for what you do in the world.
1: Ah, uh, well, thank you for seeing me. And that was a nice little trip down memory lane. Yeah. Cause yeah, those uh that and then um the next Joe Dispenza advanced retreat, we all were there mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, all going through our own individual processes, of course, in yeah. our individual ways. But that, um, that was such a, a cool thing to experience because Luke had brought his dad who's much older and to, you know, for the three of us to be sitting together yeah. during all of those sometimes five plus oh, hour God. long <laughs> meditations, you know, and, um, yeah, it's so nice, and and I feel really grateful to be here. I, I, I even though Luke and I are not in our home yet, as you know, we're we're about to be there, mm-hmm. and I know that's going to be a game changer for me in terms of feeling even more at home. Yes, but knowing that people like you and Steph are here, and our neighbors and friends like has definitely felt helped me um, to acclimate. You know, because I was 15 plus years in New York City, and then by coastal, and then moved in with Luke and in mm-hmm. LA. And so <clears throat> there's been a lot of strong, uh, abrupt changes and a short period of time. So it's nice to have such a great community here. It
0: really is. And, and that Joe Dispenza retreat, that second one, the one we did in <laughs> 2021 together in January, just beginning of last year. Was yeah. So that was, that was the retreat that I decided I wanted to be a mom. That was, mm. that was it. <clears throat> And then here I am (laughs) on my way.
1: (laughs) Very close to it actualizing. I mean, I guess you already are technically. Um, Technically,
0: yes, yes. Um, So there's a lot I want to talk about with you today. I want to start with talking about intuition because since I first met you, one of the things that has really been impressionable upon me about you is how connected you are to your own inner guidance, inner knowing, and intuition. There's been so many times where – I've asked you something or you've shared something or you've shared a story and it's like you, you go in. You go in for the answer. You go in for the guidance. You go in for the clarity. And that's what you trust more than anything. I even remember you telling me about a certain program and you were in it and you're like, I know this isn't right for me and I'm going to move out of it. And you just have such clarity and such knowing when it comes to your inner wisdom and aren't out you know, asking everybody else for their opinion. And I'd love to, you know, I don't know if you can even answer this, but maybe you can share a little bit about your journey with connecting deeply to your own inner discernment And inner knowing. Um, Was it always like that, or has it been something that you've developed Uh, over the years?
1: Oh, God. Yeah, you're getting right to the heart of it. Of course, uh, you would. I always love my conversations with you. They're (laughs) always so easy and effortless and fun, yet potent. Um, So, yeah, God, uh, you asking that brought up a lot, and it reflected me back to two really crucial turning points. Number one, um, no, I was not always allowing myself to be this way. And by not allowing myself to be this way caused me probably the most immense and intense anguish, suffering, uh, you know, a a lot of really tough times in my life and, I, when I had you on my show, we touched a little bit on, and, and I want to give you credit, actually, the way that you phrased what I'm about to explain, I've since used that. So I want to acknowledge you and give you credit for giving me the verbiage for it. But it was that moment when I was so young at not even three years old, where I had to make a decision between, uh, my relationship with dad over my relationship with, the divine or God goddess. And, you know, that, that was probably, you know, top three, if not the main decision that I made in my life that, um, impacted me in the deepest of ways. And I do want to clarify just because I love my dad and he's such a great person, but he's just someone who went through a lot, especially in childhood and, Um, you know, especially when I was young, he had not faced those traumas and, and done a lot of healing work. So, you know, when that happens, someone, it's just inevitable that someone's going to be operating from some dysfunctional places and To better clarify, so that the people understand exactly what I'm talking about, as a young girl, my ability to be a seer and my spiritual gifts and my shamanic abilities, you know, I incarnated with them. So they were online and on board, but. I either had to shut down those gifts and abilities almost all the way and shut down my strong connection line to the divine. Uh, because if I did not, I was seeing too much at a young age in terms of my dad's pain and trauma that was unresolved and the dysfunction. So I made a choice to preserve my relationship with my dad and in doing so, you know, I really had to take my intuitive gifts and power down to, I want to say probably most times at 10% functionality or less, um, because it would have been too painful to, to have the strong intuition that I did. Um, So I just want to paint that picture a bit. Mm -hmm. And then by making that decision, I mean, that that way of moving through life from cutting myself off from my own truth and divinity and spiritual calling and connection with my soul and intuition and heart, by having all those most powerful places cut off from within me, it took me down a many, many, many years long path of, uh, you know, specifically a very unhealthy relationship that spanned the course of almost two decades that eventually provided my divine intervention and spiritual awakening, thank God. Um, but I lived in pretty extreme denial and illusion uh, my entire you know childhood and through college and through the the vast majority of of my 20s and so i think the story that i just gave that you know br- very brief arc to helps to explain why when i did have my awakening i got into such a place of complete devotion of facing myself and um inviting in truth above all else and, you know, just doing all of the, the hard, challenging, scary work, um, to not let myself hide behind any sort of illusions or veils anymore, because I freaking know, what hell it was when I was living in that place. And I know the miracles and liberation that devoting to truth and devoting to living by the calls of the divine has provided to me. And mm-hmm. I, you know, we'll just end it by saying that, Uh, And I, and I don't know if this will ever shift in years to come, but the place that I'm in right now and have been in for quite some time is nothing is worth compromising my connection to the divine. And, you know, that's not an easy path and, um, it brings with it a lot of initiations and, and tough decisions. But, um, because I know what it feels like, to delude myself and be in denial of so much, I just simply cannot, even for a second, if I can help it, um, do that to myself again. So that is where the fire of my devotion um, and the responsibility I feel as a spiritual teacher to, to live from that intuitive place that you have witnessed me live from. That's where it comes from. Mm, I love
0: that. And I love that you shared the story about dad, because I think that many people listening, Either they know that or us having this conversation right now may trigger an aha moment of, oh my gosh, I had to choose between the divine and my parent, or I had to shut this off because it wasn't safe in my home or because my family believed in something else religiously or whatever, fill in the blank. So I just want everyone to maybe pause for a moment and think about – because you all came in intuitive and spiritually connected and, you know, very – for lack of a better word psychic like really connected clairvoyant no really being able to experience beyond the 3d level and it just gets turned off either it just gets muted by living in dense 3d reality life or we consciously make a decision to turn it off because it feels like we have to and that's an important thing in all of our spiritual development to consider like when we turn that off and for people Allison Hume still may have it, you know, turned off. You said you, you talked a little bit about your spiritual awakening. And this is so funny because I'm about to use the word practical with spirituality. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um, But what are some practical ways, some tangible ways that people can start connecting back, coming home to their intuition, coming back to their own inner wisdom and discernment and break that pattern of looking outside of them for answers?
1: Mm. Yeah. A bunch of different things flashed in as you were asking that, and they are really pretty easy to, um, to begin or deepen. And, uh, Uh, The first one, I think it really is so important to have an altar space. And I always love to remind people that having an altar does not need to be some like, you know, church like mega ornate thing that you spend months creating. An altar is simply a designated place within your home that is a safe space for you to make that connection to the divine to the un- to your guides in the unseen realms to make that connection to your heart to your commitment to, uh, being aligned with truth at all times. And that safe space could literally be just a candle because I do think having, uh, you know, sacred grand fire and having the element of fire is definitely very supportive, uh, when you want to illuminate truth and be in connection to your intuition, which you know, I believe comes from our heart and soul. And so, you know, your altar can be a a lit candle. And maybe when you went on a walk one day, you just came across a little pebble that, you know, look like a heart. It, It could literally be like a pebble and a candle and a little pillow that you sit on, but you know that that's your safe space and zone. And so I, I do recommend that because when you sit there, it's like, you know especially without your phone and and hopefully it's in a and a quiet space it's like you already even on just an unconscious level give yourself permission um, to feel deeper, to access something different than if you were, you know, in a different room in your house or, or going about your day and in, in a, in a busy state. Um, so creating a zone of heart and soul connection, I think is important. And I just have a simple practice. that's actually really powerful that I do every morning before I turn on my phone, before I get out of bed, I place my left hand on my heart and my right hand on my lower belly. And I tune in with my heart, first. And I just, just ask my heart, you know, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? And I let, let it answer. And then I ask, you know, is there anything that you need today? I just intuitively flow with just some questions to my heart. And then I tune in with my soul and I do the same thing. How are you today? And, and it's so beautiful to, to witness and feel like if my soul feels weak or fatigued that day, or if it feels really robust and strong and ready to like be of service right out of the gate. And then I'll ask my spirit, the same thing. I'll ask my mind the same questions and my body, the same questions and just tuning in to all of these systems of intelligence. Because, you know, our intuition it runs in circuits throughout all of these uh, aspects of ourselves. You know, before my spiritual awakening, my body and the intuition and intelligence held within my body was trying so hard for years to get my intention telling me I needed a course correct and that I was not in alignment with the reason I incarnated and I didn't listen to all that intelligence and all those messages which was why it required a divine intervention. So doing that morning check-in and then shamanic journeying of course. I'm you know, I've led, you know, I probably thousands of journeys at this point, for, you know, for audiences sometimes of 10 and 15,000, um, or more people. And wow, I, I mean, I, it never ceases to amaze me, even for people. I have a lot of people that have never done a journey before or never met a shaman before. Um, but when they know they're held in that safe space and allow themselves to traverse with me into these other realms and, uh, you know, perhaps we're calling their power animal forward to ask it questions and to receive medicine from that animal um it, you can really receive life-changing insight and activate your intuition and it's through these practices that i'm explaining is where you cultivate and develop a very anchored deep trust in yourself and that's really the biggest and most powerful foundational part of being in alignment with divine and in alignment with your own intuition is trusting yourself. Because if you're wavering and don't know what is what, or constantly seeking validation or answers outside of yourself, that very, very quickly creates a lot of distortion, a lot of fogginess, a lot of confusion. And before you know it, you don't know up from down. You don't know what your heart is really trying to tell you, or if it's just your mom's opinion, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, but hopefully, those are some really easy practices that can help strengthen that navigation inside your, your community.
0: Yes. So good. Thank you so much. I love making these things tangible for people. And you mentioned shamanic journeying. Can you talk about what shamanism is to you and how you practice it?
1: Yeah, I, I would love to. So yeah, shamanism, um, it either makes me laugh or cry every time someone asks me to to, to start to try to um attempt to explain to, it. <laughs> to explain it. It's like yeah. can you explain
0: the meaning of life, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Can you explain the the planet and the universe's oldest spiritual healing art, please? Um yeah. So um I do like to explain that every single shaman walking this planet is different and we're all encoded with a different divine blueprint and purpose for being here and different energetic transmissions. You know, we're medicine people. I'm a medicine woman. And so the type of embodiment transmissions and teachings and sometimes triggerings that I'm divinely designed to express and share with the world, it can be very different, you know, than a lot of my brothers and sisters who are also shamans. Uh, so I like to explain that we're all different and walk different paths. Uh, so for me, my primary means of shamanism operates and it's actually where the name rock star shaman comes from the rock part, uh, representing my connection into great mother earth Gaia, and then rising up, you know, through the central line of my being, the the shaman part being my heart, and then going up into the star part, which represents the cosmos and great spirit and source consciousness. And it's that vertical line that I live in devotion to, and and do my best um, to be in, in connection with at all times. And so I really operate on those, those largest macro planes and scales. I, I do a lot of work clearing out old paradigm energies from the planet, um, which then creates new space and liberation for new paradigm energies and Keys and codes to enter into Earth and to get gridded and anchored in here. Um, I have been very, very blessed and fortunate um, along my many years being on the shamanic path to have sat with, uh, you know, various elders, both non-Indigenous and Indigenous from cultures, uh, you know, shamanic cultures from all around the world, and you know, received so many beautiful blessings and initiations and, and transmissions from sitting. With With them and and ceremonies and rituals. Uh, You know, and I do have a lot of colleagues who take sacred oaths and they adhere to a very specific uh, shamanic tradition that um, typically comes from a a certain location on the planet. And they take that oath and have to go through certain initiations and rites of passage um, in order to, you know, based on the eyes of the elders in that community to, you know, appoint them as a, as a shaman. And, you know, so there are different ways in, in walking the path. Uh, but I do like to end in the explanation with reminding everyone that shamanism, every living being. Uh, both in the unseen worlds and this seen earth plane world. It's every being's birthright to be able to lean into the power and blessings and and teachings of shamanism. Um, But the most important thing is, uh, no matter which path you take, whether it's just to explore it and perhaps receive certain healings or realizations from it, or perhaps you feel a call uh, yourself to to be a shaman and, and you're leaning into what that devotional path looks like for you, whichever direction you're going, it's just very important to begin those steps from a place of humility and respect and reverence. Um, and uh, yeah, because it's, it's a very potent path, not for the faint of heart. And if you don't enter into it from those places of humility and reverence, it will, I don't like to be a fear monger, but it will probably kick you in in your ass a little bit along the way. If you (laughs) enter into it from a place of ego or, you know, whatever. So I feel like that's true for
0: most things. When we enter in with a place of ego or like, I totally got this life's like, (laughs) um, Let no, me show you. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to shift gears, uh, kind of back to something we were talking about before in terms of following your inner knowing and just being really true to yourself. Before you met Luke, you were in, um, not the best relationship. And it was a relationship that I think lasted many years, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. And I think a lot of people are in situations where they have been or are in relationships that they may be questioning or even careers. think. Too many people spend too long in a career relationship that they know is, is not right or at the other extreme is dysfunctional and toxic. But we don't have to – something doesn't have to be terrible for us to go. Sometimes it just needs to be not aligned. But I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey of, you know, being in a relationship that you probably knew sooner than when you left that it wasn't in your highest good, like what kept you there, and then what finally got you to go and be done with it.
1: Yeah. Yes, you're correct. It was a very long relationship. It was 16 and a half years altogether. Uh, And, you know, in hindsight, there were different things that kept me there. But one of the biggest ones that I had to really face um, after I had my awakening and, and really take responsibility for was some pretty extreme codependency. I did not realize at the time that I severely lacked, true, any semblance of true self-worth, self-respect, self-honor, self-love. I I thought I had those things and I, and I had myself convinced that I had them because, um, a phrase that I came up with many years ago and I've done a couple talks on it, the phrase is winning, but lost. And this whole phase of my life that I'm getting into now with you was this winning, but lost phase and I thought I loved myself because I was quote unquote winning in a lot of ways, like this big time, you know, national champion athlete. And, you know, had a lot of dream jobs. I was a top rated hip hop radio show host and a TV host and a TV producer. And I was a division one college coach. Like these were all things that at a very young age I was attaining. And, you know, I, I, I had I was under my own spell and assumption that like I wouldn't be able to be doing these things or functioning at this high level if I didn't really love myself or respect myself. But what was going on is even though I was winning externally and from the outset, it probably looked like I had it all together, on the inside, I was truly lost. I was you know allowing myself for 16 and a half years to be in a relationship that at times you know was definitely abusive in in different ways um for the m- most part <laughs> nearly all the time uh at the very least it was toxic and dysfunctional and yeah it was really eye opening for me when um my life did change on that divine intervention awakening day after that happened to look back and to realize that, you know, I was someone who couldn't seem to pull myself out of a cycle that went on that long. And more specifically, um, you know, my ex, uh, I, I came to realize he had a lot, a lot of addiction issues, sex addiction being one of them. And for me to realize that for, you know, 16 plus years, I was allowing my physical vessel, my body to be dishonored. Um, and at times mm. abused for so long. I mean, that was a huge wake up call. And I thought, Oh my gosh, Allison. And that was one of the things that I really had to face as scary, murky, Mm -hmm. terrifying, dark as that was, I had to go right to the eye of that storm. And I did years and years of, um, of work around trying to get to the root of how could that be? How could it be that someone like me, right. Uh, could get in a situation like that. So, um, I forget, I think there was one other question that you asked. And there I answered the, how was it that I allowed myself to Mm -hmm. stay in that for so long? But what, what am I missing?
0: Well, I think you kind of touched on it, but it was just the, what finally got you to go? You know, Ah,
1: Mm -hmm. it was, it was my helpers in the unseen realms Mm -hmm. of fright. freaking blew the whistle that day. And there's a whole story that goes along with it. But just giving the, the little um, most abbreviated version of it, it, it is I had moved to New York on my own. We had called the engagement off. You know, I was trying to start my life over. And then months later, he came back around and he sounded different. After 16 plus years, I was like, wow, he's saying things I've never heard him say. Maybe this time will be different, right? Mm-hmm. That classic, <laughs> that classic line. And while I was going slowly with it, um, on this particular day, we were going to venture out publicly as a couple yet again. And that's when, you know, all of my guides in the unseen realms got together and said, okay, you know, she's about to enter into this cycle yet again, and we have got to stop her. And so on this day, my clear audience gift got turned on spontaneously. Mm. I began to hear instructions from spirit, and those instructions led me um to facing my greatest fears on this day. and by entering in this first shamanic cave and that Joseph Campbell quote of "The cave your fear to enter holds the treasure you seek." It was that potent life-changing moment for me and facing my greatest fears finally the veil lifted it was so jarring and shocking which is what it required of me unfortunately or fortunately that my egoic shell finally got obliterated the veil finally lifted and um i i really attribute me finally being able to change my life through the support and helpers on the other side and Mm. then from And there's obviously a lot more to it, but whittling it down from that moment, I flew to where I'm from in Indiana and stayed at my grandmother's house and just had many additional awakenings and more of my gifts uh, got activated. And that's when I decided to surrender and get out of my own way because I thought, oh, my God, I'm not at all who I thought I was this earth experience is not what I thought it was. My nearly two decade long relationship was not what I thought it was. I clearly need a lot of freaking help. And it was me finally getting out of my own way and getting to a place of enough humility and and humbling to connect into the unseen realms and get into that beautiful co-creative space and Mm. saying, okay, I'm going to invite in your help. Mm, I love
0: that. I love that. I feel like it's when we confront our greatest fears that we find faith. And if, the longer we delay confronting those fears, the farther away we are from truly having faith in a relationship with the divine. So thank you for sharing that. And look, you're in a beautiful relationship now with an awake, conscious, healthy man. And we often have to go through those, whether it's 16 years or six months, we have to go through those initiations of, kind of the wrong relationship to wake up and get to a place where we're truly ready to receive the love that we deserve. Because we always deserve the love, but there's parts of us that think we we don't. <laughs> and so we aren't ready to receive it. Oh, so shifting gears again, because like I said, there was so much I wanted to talk to you about. You have a new book coming out in March called Animal Power. Um, and I've gotten to see it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful book, beautifully illustrated. And I've always been, not always, but for many, many years, have been someone who believes that animals are messengers. And when a certain animal crosses my path, that isn't a regular occurrence. I'm right on Google, hummingbird, animal messenger, what does it mean? Or centipede. Or we had a cardinal banging on our window for months. And I was like, oh, what does this one mean? So I'd love for you to share a little bit about what, first of all, what inspired this book? And then we'll talk a little bit more about our relationships with animals.
1: Yes. I. Oh boy. Yeah. The story of how this book finally (laughs) came to be in this world is pretty interesting. One, I had always been a strong writer my whole life. I mean, even from elementary school, um, I was winning awards for writing and I knew from a young age, I would probably write many books. And then once I finally got into alignment with my calling as a shaman and spiritual teacher, um, as it works, when you're finally, you know, walking the path that you truly incarnated for things, just start to click into place. Uh, and all of these publishers and literary agents started reaching out to me. This is while I was living in New York city and asking for meetings and asking if I was ready to write a book. And I was taking all of these meetings with these incredibly, you know, brilliant people established in the industry. And I just could not get clear on what the book was. And this went on for years, like I think almost about four years of cycling through these meetings and feeling at times really frustrated and having to really, you know, dig down deep to trust and to have patience, um, especially as I would seem, you know, almost all of my friends are, you know, two, three, four, five books in deep at this time. And I'm like, oh my God, am I ever going to get clear? And finally I aligned with um, some agents that I really loved and thought in my, conversation with them that I'd finally figured it out and it was going to be a book on surrender and it felt great. And I flew to Bali to begin this book on surrender and my first morning there in my morning meditation, uh, the second I closed my eyes, I just saw hundreds if not thousands, like as far as my minds, I could see animals, 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 they were all coming in together and they spoke to me and said, that is a really lovely idea that you think you have for your first book but we are asking you to co-create a book with us and I was really surprised for a split second just because, you know, I went to write a book on something else, but then the next second I was just the hugest aha moment. I, I thought, oh my gosh, of course it's, it's a modern day power animal guidebook because they were the first guides who had come in after my spiritual awakening to support me through that process. I had done a, um, I mean, I I have worked with countless healers and shamans throughout the years, but right out of the gate, I had a soul retrieval session with my aunt, who's a shaman, and my core power animal, the black jaguar, revealed. And then right after, three other supporter power animals came in, the deer, the bear, and the frog. And they all have different healing properties, so in their own unique ways, they were helping me get through that most discombobulating time in my life. So not only were they my first guides, but I had worked with them every single day for, I mean, many lifetimes, many years, this one, and, you know, had guided, like I said, those huge shamanic journeys for people to meet their power animal for the first time, countless times. And so the fact that it, I hadn't thought to do this book was what was most surprising. So Thankfully, uh, when I reached out to my team and said, "Hey, you guys know I live in devotion to the calls, and we've got to change gears here. I, you know, I I I have to change my book concept." Thankfully, they were on board, and then I worked um, in. Conjunction with the power animals who would come to me. It was so cool, the process of, um, you know, opening the gateways each morning when I would sit at my desk to write and call in the next round of power animals who wanted to be in this book. They would come forward and I would trust in that and create their entry with them and ask them the messages that they wanted to be shared. And many years later, I think about four years of me working on this book, Animal Power, 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul is finally here.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love how these books, I feel like so many of my, well, not so many, all of my books <laughs> have had their own timeline and their own destiny and they've they've told me when they need to be written. So I, I can relate to those experiences and anyone listening maybe you haven't written a book or don't want to write a book, but your creative projects, they when you don't grip them tightly and allow yourself to be a co-creator, often the things that we're most called to do will be shown to us. And it's so important to listen to those calls. And going back to what I acknowledged you in the beginning, like you are so good at listening to those calls. It's so inspiring. You're like, nope, this is what we're doing.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, the other funny part too, the irony that the first book was on surrender, you yeah, know, so yeah. it's like, I kind of in some way did write you that did. book by being like, okay, we're not doing that book. We're not doing that. So let's talk about our
0: relationship with animals. How How are they messengers to us? How do they work with us? How can we have a deeper appreciation for animals and, and see that you know, they're, they're part of our spiritual journey? They, they can be part of our awakening and they can be incredible healing forces and, like I said, messengers to us
1: hmm Yeah, they're some of my favorite allies. I owe so much to them. I have sat at my altar many a time and just bawled my eyes out when I think about how they have supported me on this path. Um, oh yeah, they're they're incredible teachers and friends. So they're they can come to us in a lot of different ways. A lot of times they come during dream time. So I do recommend if you're wanting to open up your connection line to the power animal realm, I would, put a dream journal next to your bed with a pen because uh, oftentimes they will come in, sometimes they will share a message um, or they'll take you on a journey. And then by the time you wake up in the morning, of course, it's just evaporated and you're like, oh my gosh, what was that crane? What, what did it tell me? You know. So um, if this is something that's resonating, put a little notepad by your, by your bedside and write down when these animals come in what they're saying to you. And then the other two most powerful ways are you can, you know, go on a guided shamanic journey. That's my most recommended way. And for anyone that pre-orders animal power from my website, alisoncharles.com, you will get a free video guided shamanic journey that I facilitate where we call your current power animal forward so that you can meet it and connect with it and ask it questions and receive guidance. And that is the most recommended way because uh, it's such a sacred relationship to have. And I always like to empower people to realize and unlock their own gifts. And by doing it on a shamanic journey, you're going on this journey and you're actually meeting the animal and conversing with it. You know, I am somewhat known for uh you know doing live power animal readings and you know those are fun and all but you know I'm the one if I'm calling someone up on the stage and I'm the one doing the connection with the animal and it's coming forward and presenting and telling me what to say to the person, you know, it's less engaging um for the person and, and it's less of a strong connection. So a guided shamanic journey is always a good one. And then the other thing and one of the main reasons I wanted to create this guidebook <clears throat> is because once you start to to learn the healing properties and wisdom teachings that each animal represents, then depending upon what you're going through in life, you can call upon that animal to be with you and to help give you extra nourishment or empowerment. So I just, I have the book here in front of me and I just happened to open to Fox and some of the keyword attributes of Fox are shape-shifting, attunement, resourcefulness, wisdom, humor, magic. And dreams. So let's say that uh, the dream time space is something that's just very alluring to you and it's calling to you. and you've always wanted to learn how to lucid dream or to just um, you know, be able to receive the the insights that come to you before you go to bed, Fox would be a great ally to come forward and, you know, and speak to them, you know, with respect and reverence and just say something simple like, you know, sacred Fox friend. Um, I invite you forward to be a guide for me and my dream time. If there are, you know, any messages or any information or guidance that would empower my present moment or pathway forward during my dreams, um, please support me and remembering what comes in or, you know, any sort of statement. It doesn't have to be exactly like that. Um, but you, you get what I'm saying. If you, if you learn for another example for that moth, um, represents closure, optimism, moon and stars, dark to light. Um, you know, if you're going through a period in your life where you've done so much shadow work and you're exhausted of it and you can tell you need a break and you're wanting to do a pivot from dark to light, you could call moth in to help be a guide Mm. in that transition time. So those are just a couple of examples.
0: Is, is butterfly the same as moth or is it different?
1: They're different. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you know what butterfly butterfly is?
1: Yeah, is butterfly one that's um been like is it a main guide for you? Well, or?
0: it it always has been a main symbol for me, but since I've been pregnant, it's been massive. And there'll be uh, I'll Ooh. see a, I've seen monarch bo- butterflies every time I've maybe had a little worry or a little like um I don't know, just just not the best thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a monarch butterfly mm. will come in. And it's happened here in Austin, it's happened when we traveled. It's just it's just been a big part of my pregnancy.
1: Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm open to that page now and a couple of the keywords that are standing out as you were sharing, um, butterfly represents joyous flight and lightheartedness. So it makes sense that if, if you're any part of your being is start to dip into any concerns or mm-hmm. lower realm ways of thinking that butterfly would come in to remind you to lighten it up. And this is such a joyous time and to trust in that. And I'm looking over at the other page <clears throat> and there's sections with each animal that say when to work with me and then also energy medicine messages. So when to work with butterfly, when you're ready to evolve with joy, which I mean that almost right mm-hmm. there, that nails it, right? Mm-hmm. Bingo. Like you're going in this whole new way of experiencing yourself, your relationship with Steph and life. And I'm sure it would, I would guess it's one of your intentions is to have this evolution happen with yes. joy. Yes. And then, um, Other parts, when you want to be filled with lightheartedness, when you're ready to get in sync with the energy of the universe, when you're ready to accept that the magic of life is right here, right now. And then let me see if, um, in these energy medicine messages, there's typically anywhere from five to eight messages that each animal shares with the reader. So let me just tune in intuitively to see if one stands out. Oh, this one could be interesting. Um, See if anything sparks up for you when you hear it. While all change is truly positive, it's important to know which phase of change you're in. Are you in the cocooning phase where it's important to rest and germinate? In the birthing phase where the new you is just ready to emerge? or the full flight stage where the change is now embodied. Mm -hmm. I think that pretty much sums up pregnancy and birth to a T. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's
0: beautiful. Thank you for that. I, you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, butterflies have always been a big sign of transformation for me and I respect the journey of the caterpillar to the butterfly and Mm -hmm. how the, the struggle and the work that goes through, they go through in the cocoon to really emerge, you know, them, but different. And it's always been, I always think there's so much wisdom in, in watching animal journeys. And I love that you, you know, are emphasizing too, that we can call on these animals. We can call them in our dreams or we can just call upon them. We don't have to wait for a wolf to cross our path or how many of us are going to see a black jaguar in our life, which I know is a big one for you. But I mean, it's amazing if we do, but it's about being able to work with them on the, on the spiritual realm
1: yeah because they do they do like an invitation and you know the the types of guides and helpers and allies that we can connect with whether in the you know waking earth plane or unseen realms i mean they're infinite in nature and some of them like i recently had a kali initiation and she came in i mean with that was one of the most powerful initiations i've had in my life she came in full force Whole story with that. Um, but the power animal realm, they're their guides that for the most part, really appreciate an invitation in. So again, if this is resonating with you, even if you're someone that, you know, doesn't even have a really hardcore meditation practice, just, you know, it's some point during the day, just close your eyes and connect with your heart. and, and just speak to the power animal realm and say, you know, this is, this is really, I'm connecting with this. And I think, uh, you know, connecting with you all will empower my life. And I'm ready to open up that line with you. And I invite, you all to come forward and and to reveal yourselves to me. And then it's, it's, then it becomes our job and our responsibility to be aware. Like you were saying, um, you know, yeah, the animals will try to get our attention, whether like for you, that, that I think it was a Cardinal that was mm-hmm. literally for months on end, mm-hmm. you know, um, banging on your window. Um, uh, the, the animals will cross our paths, but we have to be present enough and consciously aware enough to be like, Oh, okay, that's the fifth time this week someone has talked about the lion. I need to go to the book. Why is the lion coming in? Mm, I love that. Well, I know everybody, you're, you're going to want the book now,
0: <laughs> but you got to wait a <laughs> few months. You got to wait a few months to get your copy. And like I said, it's a beautiful book. I can't wait to have it on my coffee table, in my living room, because it's just, it's just so pretty. But it's also incredibly helpful and informative and beautifully written as well. And I love books that can be references because I know a lot of people buy books and then they have book shame because they have all these books that they Mm. haven't read. And I love books like yours that can be references that we can, you know, read the intro, really understand how it works, but then just go to the pages we need and not feel like we have to sit down and read a whole book (laughs) because that can feel stressful at times. They can really be a guidebook, but people tell people the the website, they can go um, to pre-order and get the free gifts from you now.
1: Yeah, the website is my personal one, AllisonCharles.com, and I spell my name A L Y S O N. So AllisonCharles.com slash animal power. And that will take you to the book. And there's all sorts of options of, um, different independent, um, bookstores or Amazon, wherever you feel called to get the book from. And then you'll see the form on that same page where you can get that free video guided shamanic journey to meet your power animal.
0: So cool. I'm going to do that. And Allison also has an incredible Instagram page. She shares lovely, super helpful, beautiful things. Um, so go follow her there. Any other way for people to connect with you? I know your podcast
1: yeah, I was just going to say, they can hear you you on mine <laughs> soon. Um, I don't know which one will come out first, but yeah, my podcast is called Ceremony Circle. And I have you know, different spiritual teachers and shamans from around the world that are filled with integrity and a a lot of deep embodiment. Um, and at the end of every episode, they facilitate a a brief healing ritual or, or practice for the listener to, uh, be led into for their, their own healing and empowerment. So, um, your episode was incredible and will maybe be out by the time they listen to this so they can find it there on ceremony circle. Beautiful.
0: Thank you so much, Allison
1: hmm sorry i just took a sip of rose water <laughs> that's okay uh, <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you and uh yeah it was great to connect with your community and thank you again for just being a dear friend sister and yes. supporter of my work and the book
0: yes it's totally my honor